Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck, a medallia company, and the Success League. Strike Deck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The Strike Deck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top-performing customer success team that drives retention and revenue for their organization. We also offer a certification program for CSMs and coaching for customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Hare, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. I'm joined by Chris Morrison, who's the VP of Customer Success for Interact Software. And today we're going to talk about how customer success can shift gears in a crisis. And Chris will be sharing his team's approach to the current COVID-19 situation. We don't want to overdo it on messaging about the current pandemic. We realize that everyone has been hearing about nothing but that for the past few months. Uh, But we do want to offer some positive approaches to any kind of a crisis. So that's what we'll focus on today. Chris, thanks for joining me on today's podcast. Thank you for having me. Delighted to be here. Before we dive in, can you tell us about how you landed in customer success? You've had a long career in the field. Yeah, you're making me feel old. Um, <laughs> you know, I I, uh, I started out um, in, in in the sort of uh, late '90s, where I, you know the, at that point in time you were going through the dot com boom and, and and things were right. sort of picking up with the internet. And you know, I wanted to be a developer. I thought it was so cool to to be able to go out there <laughs> and create. Unfortunately, I, I pretty quickly um, realized I didn't have the patience to be a developer. Um, so ah. long, long story short, I ended up going to, to Greece and uh, opening up a bar there and uh, met my wife, uh, who's actually who's American, and, and ended up over here and sort okay. of decided that the, um, you know, a nice mix would be project management. Um, okay. and so I started managing projects, but I think one of the things I, I, you know, I loved about projects was that, you know, you were constantly changing. It was constantly something new, but I also... You know, I enjoyed the the relationship uh, piece, and so you know, you're you're turning out a new project every three months. You never got to work with the same people again, and you know, I really just wanted to to, to maintain those relationships, and, and so I sort of naturally sort of gravitated towards uh, customer success. But back then, I think there was a lot of um, you know uh, crossover between account management and customer success, and I think there still is today right. to, to some extent. Um, but it was an emerging field. It was something that was exciting, and uh, you know, I'm really just really, really happy to see how it's uh, it's growing up. Yeah, it's pretty fun to be in this field. I'm going to go back though and ask about the bar in Greece because that's interesting to me. <laughs> what um, did you actually tend to bar when you were owning the bar or working yeah, at the bar? Uh, yeah, it, it, there's, there's a long story behind this because what I actually did was I went out there to be a waiter. Um, oh, okay. Finished finished college. I was like, I'll I'll go out there for three months and spend uh, spend somewhere in Greece. And you know, a number of things happened. Didn't quite work out in the way that uh, 
we had anticipated it would and uh you know including you know my passport taken and um, oh wow so, so you know it ended up where that that wasn't an option and we saw this bar and um starting you know it was, a, it was actually a pool bar um so there was you know some apartments and then there's a swimming pool um and uh we, we took over the bar there and yeah it was a it was a, a really really cool about three and a half years i spent there i also did web development while i was there um and, and that's where i kind of started to move into project management because on, on the islands the uh yeah the bar you know, a lot of the hotels are closed in the in the winter and so oh, yeah in the winter i got to do websites for the hotels and in the summer i attended bar very cool what's your favorite drink to make well so back in the day my nickname was cocktail chris um <laughs> and I, you know, I think that uh, that was actually my my radio nickname. One of my one of my buddies was a radio DJ uh, for Island oh, yeah? FM. Um, I I don't know that I have a favorite. I just enjoy experimenting. Um, okay. I'm originally from Scotland, so I think that um, you know we, mo- most Scots are are pretty open to any drink if it's cold and it's wet. <laughs> um, yes. But uh, I don't know. That I have a favorite. Okay. I I just ask because um, I have a a side hobby of. Um, tiki drinks and learning to make those. So um, yeah, so I'm always looking for new recipes. Fantastic. That's yeah, that's my curiosity there. Um, so tell us a little bit more about Interact. What is the company's mission, and how do you have your success team structured there? Cool. Yeah. So Interact effectively, you know, we've been around for a long time. It's 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 uh, you know, more than 20 years old now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually fairly new to the company. I've been there for for about a, just over a month and a half. Uh, we're we're a, an intranet provider, um, so you know our, our goal, our mission, uh, as it will, is, is is really to inform and you know connect every organization's greatest asset, which of course is its people. Um, the way that we have our success team structured, um, you know, we we have a team of uh, eight or nine uh, success managers. Uh, we don't have a separate uh, account management function at this point, and uh, we probably will, especially for our enterprise accounts in, in the longer term. Uh, each success manager has a, has a slightly different uh, number of accounts just based on you know, the types of accounts that they focus on. So we segment based on a company size. You know, so mm-hmm. we have a small, a medium, and an enterprise. And then we okay. have different verticals um, that folks specialize in as well. Okay, great. So we're recording this in April of 2020 for those of you in the future, and it is in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic right now. And this challenge has surfaced the topic of what customer success should do in a crisis like this. Um, It seems like some teams are busier than ever and others are being furloughed or laid off. Um, How has the current situation impacted your business and your success team? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, So we have this sort of strange or, or, or interesting dichotomy within our customer base. Um, so on the one hand, we have uh, organizations like the you know hospital systems and you know frontline services, police departments in the UK, um, who have never been busier, uh-huh. um, and they are yeah. um, sort of going through this this period of um, just trying to get through it. And then on the other side, we have these these, these customers who are in retail or hospitality. Um, who, yeah. Who, businesses are closed they're just completely closed and, and nobody's working and mm-hmm. so you know from a from a business standpoint you know the way that we've approached this is to um which, which i think is maybe 
really should is how it should be you know all the time but you know mm-hmm. i think the way we've approached it is to say look we're not interested in the financials we're not interested in trying to upsell you we're not interested in being you know pandemic profiteers you know what we have said is you know we we want to help you get the value um, and deliver the outcomes that you want to achieve and we're going to do whatever it takes to to help help you do that mm-hmm. and so that it's been a slightly different approach for clearly for those folks in in retail so it could mm-hmm. be that you know, they've got a bunch of employees who are furloughed uh, guess what they still need to communicate with those employees because you right. know in, in many of those cases those those furloughed employees will come back after the, after this is all over um, and so we've we've worked with them to, to to continue that message and to keep those people in the loop on the flip mm-hmm. side um, in, in the ones that are busier um, clearly we've we've been trying to get the you know, take advantage of the different things that we have to offer so one of the things that we do is we have a survey tool uh, which we refer to as pulse mm-hmm. and we, we offered Pulse to, to all of the hospital and frontline services for free um, for the next three months uh, with the intent just to, just for them to be able to check in on their staff, mm-hmm. make sure that, you know, when these guys are working double shifts and, um, you know, 24 hours a day, that, that, that their needs are being taken care of. Um, yeah. So, so that, that approach is obviously very different, but, um, you know, we're just, we're just trying to help people out, I guess, is the, the short yeah. answer. Yeah, I think that the brands that are doing that are the ones that are going to, after this, be seen more positively by their customers because it's, you know, the the ones that it's like, you know, keep the renewals coming in, make the money at all costs are, you know, kind of seen, like you said, as profiteering off of this crisis. And, uh, you know, that's people are going to remember that. So I think it's good that you're taking the approach you are. I know that there are some tangible steps that that have helped your customers in the middle of this crisis. So let's start with what you've done around communication. What have you done to keep the lines of communication open with your customers? Yeah, and before I answer that, I mean, I think just to you know to add on that or build on your previous point, I, I think it's also short-sighted um, to, mm-hmm. to to start going yeah. too too hard and fast there because I think that in some of the, some cases, unfortunately. I think this is true for any any major crisis that that happens. In some cases, these, some of these, these these customers are not going to survive, and mm-hmm. so you know by by pushing through uh, and demanding that sort of payment, it, it, you're, you're wasting and expending energy that that doesn't make sense because you're not taking the time to understand your customers and understand your customers' business, uh, and you're mm-hmm. only really thinking about your own business. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so so just to go back to the question about communication. So, you know, we have uh, a couple of things that, that, that we've done. Number one, we, we have a, a community site. Um, and the community site is effectively a self-help portal. Um, mm-hmm. The way that we have typically operated that in the past is that we've put a lot of content on there. It's a lot of good content, good solid content. Um, but what we've done is we've sort of opened that up and um, we've, we've started engaging with it a heck of a lot more so that folks okay. can... Um, you, you know, for example, we, we now have the CS team, at least one person, and, and, and truly it's it's probably three or four every week, are writing a blog um, just about observations that they've had, helpful things that they've they've seen. Um, you know, we had a customer the other day who, who told us that they were going to have to uh, lay off all their staff. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, was a, it, was, it was a business that, um, you know, effectively they do a lot of deliveries, et cetera. And they, you know, from a community standpoint, it's it's engaging. It's 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 allowing these people to to learn from us. Um, but because this is so unprecedented, 
you know, we don't have all the answers. And anybody that tells you mm-hmm. they do is, is, is probably not being entirely truthful. And so, you know, part of what we've done with the community as well is encouraged, uh, just by the title of it, right? We've encouraged that sense of community. We've encouraged our mm-hmm. clients to, to post in there. Um, and I think there's a lot of uh, peer-to-peer learning that's, that's taking place as well. That's um, great. Yeah, we, we also, from a communication standpoint, you know, we've stepped up um, online meetings. You know, so, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of Zoom meetings taking place, a lot of face-to-face uh, via Zoom. And, uh, you know, we, we also, you know, for a while at least, we certainly increased our email communication uh, just as, we, as this was sort of starting out. I, I think that we've taken, we've kind of got to the point now where I think people are a little bit fatigued with the amount of, of, of emails and maybe that's a separate point for later. But, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to make sure that the communications that we have are impactful, that they add value to, to any of those mm-hmm. uh, those interactions. And, and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm loving the Zoom meeting thing right now. I feel like people are just so willing to put the cameras on in a way that I haven't really noticed in the past. And I, I just think it's um, much more personal in our field right now, which is very exciting. Kristen, do you have a favorite background? Um, I actually have an old computer that doesn't let me put backgrounds on mine, um, which is unfortunate because I really want to do a branded background. Uh, but my office background isn't bad. I have a red office, so I get a lot of comments on the red background in mine. Um, I have seen some um, fairly scandalous backgrounds from some people in the personal Zooms that I've been um, on. And then um, I have to say the tropical ones are always my favorite. But um, I, I, what I really love is seeing people's homes and their pets and their kids popping into the Zoom meetings. That's my favorite. I just love it. I think that it's so personal and so fun to see like somebody's pet and somebody's kid and what they look like and how they live. And I don't know, I'm always curious about people. So to me, that's more interesting than the fake background. How about you though? You know, I, I, uh, so I, I have a weekly happy hour with some of my, my Scottish friends here in uh-huh. Oklahoma. And, you know, I think a lot of ours is just uh, soccer related. Um, there's all ah, sort of there tri- tribalism. Uh, but I did, uh, one of, one of the, the guys that I'm, I'm connected with on LinkedIn, he's, he's been posting, um, every day, just a, a different background that he's been using. And some of those uh-huh. are, are really great. I mean, I think my office is nice, but the way that my office is set up is I, I face out to the street. So, so behind uh-huh. me, it kind of looks like I'm in a bit of a prison cell because you can't see any windows. <laughs> um, so I've been, I've been setting my background up to look a little bit more uh, inviting. Um, yeah. Being, uh, being helpful. But, I, but yeah. I agree with you. I, I think that there's absolutely... Um, a, a greater willingness of folks to turn on the cameras because even you know, mm-hmm. when you did Zoom meetings before all of this, um, I, I think that people would jump on the, the calls, but they would just treat it like a phone call. Right. And I think people, and, and I think part of that was just, you, you know, almost a shyness or a, a you know, it's, it's like, I don't, I don't want to be seen on camera. And I think people yeah. have got to this point now where they, they crave this sort of human interaction and it's almost right. like, what, what do you mean not turn on my camera? Of course I'm going to turn on my camera. Um, right. So that's uh, it's been a, it's, it's been an interesting uh, an interesting shift. It has been. I love it. Um, as we were prepping for this interview, you mentioned that you've been offering webinars that are bringing your customers together on panels. Can you share your vision for those panels and how you approached your customers about that? Sure. You know, I think if you think about what I what I said a few minutes ago, this this sort of peer to peer learning. Yeah. You know, what we we wanted to try and do because 
you know, again, we we just didn't have the all the answers. So what we wanted to do was give these 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 folks an, an opportunity to um, you know share their stories and, and and help other people through kind of what what was what they were seeing. Um, you know, I think there was a huge. You know, we did this right in sort of weeks one and two of this. Um, you know, we start to see folks being furloughed. Um, because a lot of the folks who use our, our our platform are HR professionals or communications professionals, um, so we we, we kind of had to help them maybe a little bit earlier than than some businesses. Um, and I and I think that you know we started off with just simple topics, kind of how to handle crisis communications, how to um, mm-hmm. you know leverage the platform to do that, and it's kind of evolved into to different topics uh, over time. Um, and and folks have then started to share you know these these sort of personalized stories. And I think, you know, one of the things that, that that I've talked about a lot in this is that, you know, this is this is an unprecedented unprecedented situation, but it but it holds true for any crisis, as it is right now. One of the biggest things that people have is is fear, fear of the unknown, right? Because mm-hmm. we don't know when this is going to end. We don't know when this is going to be over. Um, again, we're sitting here in April 2020, and who knows it might this might go on for six months this might be gone you know over next week and mm-hmm. so you know certainly the the impact won't be but the, the lockdown maybe and so you know i think it's really just um you know giving folks uh, a sense of normality while they try to figure out this this period of uncertainty and i think once uh, once we all know when this is going to be over or if we've got a sense of that going to happen you know, everyone's going to be a little bit more relaxed um make it mm-hmm. easier to get through. Yeah. How has this crisis impacted the way you deploy your solution? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because our, our uh, the, the way in which we implement or we set up our solution is it's it's usually about a anywhere from three to nine month uh, process. And, mm-hmm. you know, the reason for that is that when, when you think about the, the way in which you set up an intranet, Especially when you know a lot of our customers, we, we have a really wide range of customers, right? So we have customers who have you know, 30, 40 people, uh, or 30, 40 end users, all the way up to, to folks in the tens of thousands. So if you think about the way in which, if you're dealing with an organization that has tens of thousands of people, you want to be really careful about who sees what. You know, someone in in one yeah. area may not need to see something else. If you, you know, in an example, right, like just now, where you may be furloughing employees. Those folks may see something very differently, and so when you when you're when you're rolling that out, we have this, this sort of fairly in-depth strategy program uh, and governance program, where we help businesses figure out how, how who sees what, how do we how do we do that, um, and that architecture can take a bit of time to put together. There's various features that we can enable. What we've really said is that right at this minute, uh, right at this point in time, people are using an internet to communicate. Um, you know these these crisis communications, and mm-hmm. so we, we've changed the focus and some of the ways in w- which we deploy to be really sort of focused in on that crisis communications piece. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a small portion of what we're uh, you know what we offer. And what that's meant is we're able to get people live in in less than less than two weeks. So you know going from an average of three to nine months to two two weeks is uh, <laughs> it's been it's been interesting. But people it, you that's know it allows them to see value quickly. Yeah, that's great. Um... I think that's an interesting way to think about it is, you know, maybe in the future, you know, do you need to deploy everything right up front or could it, you know, could you kind of follow what you've learned from this crisis and think about it in a more modular way? 
Yeah, and, and I think that's probably going to be the outcome. I think mm-hmm. that you know we will change the way that we deploy long term based mm-hmm. on the on the things that we've learned here. Um, again, it goes back to as I said, value and, and making sure that folks, you know, because some businesses are sort of like, well, I, I don't want to have to go through multiple phases of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that we now that we have some some evidence and some um, you know data to back up the the approach that we've taken, um, I think that that will hopefully change some some minds as we we move forward. Yeah. Before we continue with the rest of the interview, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Right now in the spring of 2020, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. I hope that those of you who are listening have a safe place to stay and that your friends and family are healthy. At the Success League, we're sheltering in place and finding new ways to work remotely with our customers. I know that many of you are doing the same, and I wanted to share a few free resources with all of you. First, we have almost five years of weekly customer success articles in our blog archive. If you need some short but powerful things to read, check out the blog page on our website, thesuccessleague.io. Second, we started an online customer success book club. This quarter, we're reading What Customers Crave by Nicholas Webb. If you're interested in joining the club, please reach out to me at Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, at thesuccessleague.io. Finally, the Success League partnered with Strike Deck to provide exercises for each chapter in their free ebook, A Beginner's Guide to Customer Success. If you're looking to enrich your knowledge of our field or grow skills across your team, this book is a great place to start, and you can find it on the resources page on strikedeck.com. I hope that all of you stay safe and healthy during this pandemic and that you are able to make the most of your stay at home time by growing your family relationships and building your career and customer success. I also want to mention StrikeDeck's new Customer 360 template. This free download is the best way to figure out if you're ready for a customer success tool. It is an automated spreadsheet that will help you keep track of all your current customers, generating an individual health score for each one. Quick reports can be easily developed through the Analytics tab, and tasks can be tracked on the Task Manager. If you're looking for a quick, simple to use, yet robust solution for your CS needs, StrikeDeck's Customer 360 template is the tool for you. Download your copy today at strikedeck.com. And now back to our interview. So Chris, have you been offering any concessions to customers who are having a tough time? I'm specifically thinking about contract extensions or discounts that could help them out financially. And if so, how did you decide what to offer? Yeah, so this is a um, an interesting uh, topic. So I, I think that you know, yeah, the, the short answer is yes. We we have offered some incentives. We have offered some some discounting, but it, it's not a it's not a blanket answer. Uh, the way in mm-hmm. which we've approached it is to say, look, we're, we're going to treat this on a case by case basis. And again, if you if you think back to to what I said um, kind of earlier on here, mm-hmm. you know, we have customers in in very different uh, circumstances. And right. so, you know, if, if, if we've got a customer whose entire business is shut down, let's say it's a, it's a retail chain. If that retail chain, their entire store base is, is completely shut down, none of the staff are working, then, then we're much more willing to work with them and say, you know what, maybe we're going to defer your payment or we're going to look at um, uh, greater payment terms. So maybe moving from, you know, geopon receipt to net 50, net 30, net 60 in, in some cases, or quarterly mm-hmm. payments or mon- monthly payments. Um, you know, but 
I think there's there's the opposite side of that where, you know, we haven't faced this so so much, but we've certain, I've certainly seen it within the industry talking to to other folks where, you know, some of the some some of their bigger clients are coming back to them and saying, you know, I want to, you know, moving forward, we we can only survive as a as a business if all of our vendors give us a thirty percent discount. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those those circumstances, that's a little bit different, you know, especially when you look at that business and you say, well, well hang on a second. You've, you've had no outward changes to the structure of your business. You <laughs> yeah. continue to have all your staff working full time. You continue to report record profits, um, but but suddenly you need a thirty percent cut from all of your vendors. In that circumstance, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, yeah, so it's really just that case by case. Um, we, we, again, as I said earlier, we're trying to help people. Uh, we want people mm-hmm. to to be successful and, and get through this. Um, at the same time. It's important not to be taken advantage of. We don't have huge margins. Uh, we can't offer, you know, I've, I've seen some folks offering 90, 90% plus discounts. We can't do that. We, we don't have those 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 margins to, to give, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll certainly try to, to help folks through it and, uh, you know, make the most of, of, of this period. I think that's a pretty sensible approach given how diverse your portfolio of customers sounds like it is. So, um yeah, we have we have customers that are right now that are doing different things with their customers depending on you know the field they're in. And again, I think it comes back to what you were saying. It sort of depends on your business model and your margins too. I mean, it doesn't do anybody any good if you give it all away and then you're out of business. So um, yeah, I think you have to be a little careful. Um, I know that most teams are working really differently than they have in the past. How have you tackled the new working style with your own team? Yeah, I think that uh, we've talked about a little bit of it um, already, but you know, we, one of the things we've started to do is a daily stand-up, um, mm-hmm. and you know, I've done that in the past in, in other organizations, and I think it, you know, it's a it's a really good. Um, way just for everybody to touch base and, and to swap stories that works when you have a have a CS team that's you know eight or nine people it's maybe a little bit harder when you have you know some some orgs at 50 60 people or, or, or higher um, but even if you if you if you break that into smaller teams I think it's just a good way for everybody to kind of share information um, that's been helpful for us clearly as I said we, we've we've embraced the uh, video conferencing uh, landscape yes. um, <laughs> You know, because I think that was a big part of, you know, certainly our, our vision. Uh, when, I, when I joined the company, one of the things that the CEO and I discussed was, you know, our CSMs are on site weekly. You know, with every, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get out in front of as many clients as possible face to face. That doesn't work in this scenario unless you can, you, can, uh, you can get the video conferencing going. And part of that's just being uh, flexible with folks and saying, you know, if your kids run into the shot or if your pets are, you know, it, it's fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think I think there was this, you know, you ever seen that BBC video from a couple of years ago? Oh, where, yeah. I love you know, that. The, <laughs> the kid runs in <laughs> and the, the mother's running in after her. And, yeah. Um, you, you know, it's, and I think th- things have evolved from that a little bit. And I think people have see the lighter side in that. Um, yeah. So, so that's another thing that we've done. And, and then I think it's, um, you know, in, in some ways, our, our communication has uh, has maybe increased a little bit, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's um, whether that be through through the community, whether that be through the emails, whether that be uh, through other channels. Um, you know, I think that's 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 helped. Yeah, that's great. 
Is there anything else we haven't touched on already that you've implemented either for your customers or your team to help them through the crisis? You know, I think one of the things that we're in the process of, of going through is, is implementing a, a CS platform. Uh-huh. And, you, you know, I think that having worked with, with several in the past, I, I think that's that's really, that's going to be really important for us um, mm-hmm. because we have access to a lot of data. We have access to a lot of statistics and we have a lot, you know, a lot of things there. Um, and we have this sort of really strong relationship component, you know, things like the, the face-to-face meetings and the, you know, the video conference and I, I think that you know getting that data in one place and being able to, to sort of look at the trends over time that's going to be huge for us um, mm-hmm. many of the organizations out there already have that um, but I but I think that there's a lot that do not and mm-hmm. uh, you know that's something that we're working heavily toward and part of that is that you know because because of what's happened here you know because we we've had more people you know in the office uh, so to speak you know, more more of our team available um, in the here and now. That's meant that we've actually been able to work and progress on that project quicker than we maybe would have. Um, you know, things like being able to actually identify where all the data lives. Um, we're actually able to set up little working groups and, and work through that, uh, and that's moved a little bit quicker than than I than I had expected. Yeah, that's good. Um, I know this crisis is different from just a financial crisis, like the. 2008 recession or the tech bubble that happened in roughly 2000. Um, you know, there's there's more um, fear and concern, I think, with this one. But I think there's some similarities as well. And we're certainly going to see crises in the future or crises. I think that's the better way to put it in the future as well. How would you recommend that a leader facing any major crisis thinks about designing their approach? It's 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 tough because as you say everyone is different, but mm-hmm. certainly in terms of commonalities, I, I think it's it's simply be a good human. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that's that's a you know what I mean by that. I know that sounds very simplistic, but what I mean by that is that you know if you understand uh, what your customer is going through, if you understand you know so whether that be a tornado, whether that be an earthquake, whether that be the financial uh, situation. Everybody's gone and you know has has their own pressures, right? So as we've gone through this, you know some of the folks that we we're, we're talking with maybe don't have a job anymore. Some mm-hmm. of the folks that we we've talked with have been, have been furloughed, and you know that that pressure that, that that they feel, you know, for for the families to 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 provide, you know that that's 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 really really difficult. And I think as as humans, I mean, it's and and certainly as CS professionals. We need to understand that. We need to understand their business. We need to understand their circumstances. We also have to understand our own circumstances. You know, we have to understand mm-hmm. our own business. Um, mm-hmm. But, but you know, I think if you apply the principles of being a good human and um, you know trying to to uh, do the right thing, um, mm-hmm. then you can't go wrong. I know that's, that's probably a little bit more simplistic than you're looking for, but but that's the. I think be, being a good person is a good way to to think about as a leader. Um, to, to get through this. Yeah, I think that's a great way to think about it. I think along with that, I would add, you just really be out there listening to your customers too. I think the the companies that made the right moves during this crisis, and they did that early, were the ones that had really solid listening posts in place and were listening to their customers and and could then really quickly figure out you know programs and processes that would work for the large number of them and got those into place quickly 
and started implementing things right away. And those brands are the brands that people are going to remember, I think. Um, and the ones that communicate frequently. Just as an example, I mean, I, I know not everyone likes Delta Airlines, but I happen to love Delta Airlines. I think they do largely a very good job at most things. And I have to say during this, they have not had very good news to share. <laughs> Yet they have been really great about consistently sharing with their customers exactly what's going on and how they're helping um, in the communities and then how they're helping people that still have to fly and how they're helping um, the people that have a bunch of points or are traveling in the near term and need to change their plans. Um, And so even though they don't always have the best news to share, they're consistently sharing what they can. And I think that consistent communication is just such an important part of this um, and has done their brand a great service. So I think they're a good example. Yeah, I I agree. I think I'm I'm actually, I, I was a Delta um, I, I was a Delta Diamond for many years, and Ooh. I actually switched to to United um, uh-huh. years ago, just because I moved to to Oklahoma and yeah. United it's a little bit easier. And I think United's done a pretty good job as well. They've they've um, uh, you know, they've kept kept folks statuses for 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 next year and some of that stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, I think that you're entirely right in everything you said there. The one point to to be conscious of is that. You know that the frequent communication is is absolutely critical throughout throughout this. Mm-hmm. However, um, it's got to be impactful. You know, so the things mm-hmm. that you're talking about with Delta and, and, and United mm-hmm. and, and others, what they did was they were they, they were good at, at really sharing things that matter to people. Because yeah. you know, a lot of folks wonder about their status or wonder about you know their, their their upcoming travel or their holidays later in the year. And I think keeping that relevance important. In some cases, yep. um, you know, we started to see. Um, a lot of communication that was tied to, you know, folks trying to take advantage of it. You know, so for example, right. um, some of the retailers, oh, 40% off on our website. Well, they were, they were, you know, that company in, in particular was always an online site. They, they never had physical stores. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you know, then, then you're sent, sort of getting these messages, oh, we're cleaning our desks more, we're doing these things. And it's like, uh, you're just going to get lost in the noise. There's just too there's yeah. too many communications coming out there. So as long as the communication is impactful and um, yeah. kind of cuts through, then then, then I agree 100%. Cool. Last question. What do you see as the biggest trend in customer success right now and why? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, so I think that, you know, there's, there's a couple of things I would say um, that I that I see that is that's happening. Maybe uh, less... You know, trend as such, but I, I think you know one is that customer success is growing up. Um, I think for you know in the yeah. past you know six to, to twelve months, I, I've seen you know as we've gone through this this period, you know I think you've started to see it where you know for a long time customer success was seen as this derivative of sales or or this sort of it it wasn't a real discipline, and I think in the past. Uh, Past few months, we started to see a, a, you know that that turning point um, where we started to to, to enter maturity. Uh, I've seen that in a, in a variety of ways. I mean, I think that as we go through this this period, custom, you know, those who, who treat their customers right and, and who figure out, as you say, who listen um, and who implement smart strategies are going to are going to be the ones that survive out of this. But I also think that you know I, I've been involved in in various peer to peer groups and, and, and conversations throughout this, which 
you know, with 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 upwards of 500, you know, CS leaders, that wasn't happening, you know, a few years ago. It used to be that there was the conference, the the Pulse conference, and that was like the only way that CS uh, folks kind of, <laughs> you know, got together. And, yeah. and now that's that that's no longer the case, um, and I think that's a good thing. Um, yeah, I think you know, I think that comes in with the sea level recognition. You're starting to see a, a, a greater uh, acceptance there. And we've had these dawns before. We had these false dawns before, where it was like CS is becoming this this real thing, and uh, it's becoming this sort of you know respected discipline. And then it kind of tailed off. I, I don't believe. I think this is this is this is real this time. Um, yeah. I think the other thing that I've noticed um, is that there's a greater um, there's a greater financial understanding um, of you know from both the the, the perspective of, of a customer success manager. And of uh, you know businesses um, as to the value of, of customer success, and I think that you're starting to have CSMs. It used to be that CSMs, um, you know, their only focus was let's let's get the renewal at any cost, and you know that that was it. We we only measure on retention, and I think mm-hmm. folks are just starting to get a little bit more educated as, as to how customer success directly impacts the financials of a of a business, um, and. You know, I think that's a good thing. I, I don't know if uh, you've read it, but um, there's a book out there, Financial Intelligence. It's actually a, a pretty old book. I think it's mm-hmm. you know from the mid mid 2000s. Um, but you know, I've seen that. I've started to see that circulating a lot uh, in, in the different uh, uh, CS circles, and, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I do too. Chris, I appreciate you taking the time to join me on the podcast today. I I think this is such a current topic right now while we're recording this, but I hope that the topic of how to tackle customer success in a crisis really helps the leaders in our audience prepare for anything that comes along in the future as well. Um, Thanks so much for your time and examples and advice today. Well, thank you. And if anyone wants to reach out to me, I'm available on LinkedIn. Uh, I'd love to, I, I love talking about this topic. We talk about it for hours. Um, I love customer success. So yeah, delighted to, to, to have been here. Thanks, Chris. I also want to thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere else you get your podcasts. Um, And also, we would love it if you like this episode, um, rate us with a five. Uh, We could use all the good ratings we can get. And finally, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.